Do you want to intro this episode? <laughs> Is that your way of telling me you don't want to intro this episode? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You cannot play God, then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes when you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. Welcome back. To another week of Beers, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica, where we, your co-hosts Kaylee and Lisa, take you through the sci-fi original series Battlestar Galactica episode by episode. That was great. You're welcome. We are drinking beer. Even though we probably don't need to be. We should not be drinking beer. You know what we did yesterday instead of doing a live watch? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we should tell them that. Okay, to be fair, we went to a Buffy... Well, what we thought was a drag show, but it was also a podcast recording and it was actually pretty great. And I, if you're listening, have me on your podcast. I tried, but I don't know how successful that will be. Oh, but it would Fest be amazing 98. if I could be on their podcast. They were a lot of fun. There was so much fun. And so we just, you know how it is. They didn't have good IPA upstairs and then... So we had to drink whiskey instead. Or gin. And then... We had to. We had to. There was a two-drink minimum. Exactly. There was no choices there. And then, you know, we had two, and then we had three, and then we had ten. And then we made friends. We made so many friends. (laughs) We took a guy off the subway and made him come to the bar You say we... But I'm gonna let you know, I was very little involved. It in was a hundred percent me. It's usually me, uh, and I think then I think then we ignored him when we got there. We talked to him a bit, and we talked to that other girl that we dragged there. Oh yeah, her sister, sister, yeah, cousin, cousin, relative. <laughs> her relative was like, she's a virgin. Please help, <laughs> basically. I don't remember that part. Oh, yeah. Maybe you weren't privy to that conversation. <laughs> uh, I was. They were like, uh, she need to get some whatever she wants. Just oh, help. So, sweet baby. I know. And she was just, very nice. She was like 28 or something. Mm. Yeah. You made fun of her for drinking vodka. I didn't make fun of her for drinking vodka. I made fun of her for drinking a vodka martini. That is not a thing. That is just vodka and vermouth. No, vodka martinis are just not a thing. I mean, a lot of people would argue. What people, Kaylee? People who I wait on <laughs> every but day. Not you, I hope. I don't. I'm not that invested in the what is or is not a martini. It's not a martini. Okay. Anyway, uh, I have really strong opinions about. If vodka. you worked at a restaurant and someone was like, "Can I get a vodka martini?" Would you be like, "No, that's not a thing." Uh, unfortunately, I've never worked at a snooty enough place for that. But there are places <laughs> that do say no to vodka cocktails, uh, vodka martinis. Uh, no, but I would be very judgmental about it. Okay. I mean, I might depending on my relationship. It's like a cultural thing. No. that's like no, no, no. The cultural perception of what a martini is, is has changed from the dictionary definition of what a martini is. No, it's not. No, a you're thing. being a smug weirdo. I hate them. I hate vodka anyway. It is not a proper drink, and it is just awful. Anyway, point being is, depending on my relationship with the customer, I might sass them for it. <laughs> Because I do like to sass people. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so sassy and funny. I'm like, I'm just a bitch. <laughs> That's really what it is. Yeah. But being Australian, people just, you know, they take it. They think it's my culture. Just like when I say cunt. Mm-hmm. Yep. And boy, is Gator a cunt this episode. He is getting a bit cunty. I don't appropriate my culture. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what are we drinking, Kaylee? All right, we got some beers here. Yeah, you read this first one that we're currently drinking. We're drinking a uh, beer from Single Cut Beersmiths, who we know and enjoy from um, Astoria. Yep. In NYC. Uh, this one is Miles. It is a marathon session IPA or wow. Miles Marathon Session. I got this one for Roslyn. Shout out for Roslyn. Yeah. Cool. And then this one is a say nothing three times dry hopped IPA because Kaylee's trying to kill us mm-hmm. by Barrier Brewing. And it's got some dude bros on the front who are like, Shh, don't talk about it. Yeah. But do, do you think that's like a little like I mean, Gata and Zarek on there? Well, I mean, when you th- when I saw Say Nothing, I thought that you were alluding to Doc Cuddle. <laughs> There's a lot of Say Nothing in There's this episode. There's a lot of Say Nothing in this episode. Secrets break up. Um, so this is brewed in Oceanside, New York. So that's great. And then the last one, which was also this, I assume, is for also a lot of people. Yeah, but it's... It's for it's especially for Roslyn. Yeah, but I mean, when I saw it initially, I I thought it could have said it takes three. Um, this is called It Takes Two. Um, it's an interborough, which we like. It's a double dry hopped IPA and it is 8%. So again, Haley <laughs> is trying to kill us. That's that's my goal most of the time. Oh, and you'll have to excuse me. Oh, so this is Brooklyn Street. Grand Street's crazy. We're super so local today. It's very local. And like, honestly, Grand Street is so close. It is um, very close. We you could, could walk You there. could spit on Grand Street from here. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I should also apologize. I have a bit of a cough that is quite persistent. And I'm sure a day of drinking probably has not helped. But hey, it didn't hurt. And I feel like I feel like shit all the time anyway. So, you know, I'm not sick. I just this cough is keeping me up and also probably going to come out on the pod. So we'll try and edit it out. But sorry if there's a few in there. We'll do our best. You know who else apologized for having a cough? Who? Mrs. Ron. Do you know why? Why? Because she has asthma. She found out she has asthma, which is why when she's around, the smoking light is off. Yes, that's fair. So I caught up with Ronald E. Moore's At Home with the Misses podcast. Mm -hmm. And also, I think for season four, they did a bunch of a slightly more professional, quote unquote, They did. My understanding was that the first half of season four he recorded his podcast but like the way that they talked about it on the commentary it was that it, the sound quality wasn't good enough mm. and so they couldn't use it for the dvd so they had to like re-record and that's why he brought i feel like the, the sound writers. quality was exactly the same as it's always been maybe their standards just got higher <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe because it is him just fucking around at home and his wife is coughing and there's cats in the background which is why and- i feel like this is a very <laughs> on-brand podcast for them absolutely and i listened to the episode of battlestar galacticast that you oh did you for me yeah it was really interesting i love that lucy lawless just came on and was like yeah you guys were all really mean to me <laughs> it's just like what at the start and then later she was like no the cast was like really lovely and mm. wonderful but i think it was like after a while i think the first episode that she did for some reason everyone was really standoffish yeah yeah anyway she's got some funny. good uh, lines on that podcast though she's mm. like they they approached her originally to play ellen ty i know they, well they well the way they phrased it was like do you want to play colonel ty's wife and and she's, she's like, like fuck you i don't play somebody's wife i love that although <laughs> ellen ty is a different kind of wife yes role. and then she admitted like yeah. but um, she said that she would have been the woman i can't remember her name who plays ellen ty was yeah better. her brains are fried but yeah. um yeah kate vernon i think 
I think. She was great. Yes, everyone agrees. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, we're talking about season four, episode 12, A Disquiet Follows My Soul. Which is a big deal of the Twitter world. Yeah, this is the um, the only episode that Ronald D. Moore directed. He wrote and directed it. So I, I guess maybe that's why it gets all the buzz. It also has a pretty juicy ending. I, I mean, I think I called that, didn't I? Did I say that we'd see them canoodling in bed together? I think that, yes. But nothing too crazy. Yes. Not a sex you scene, were like, just canoodling. Maybe we'll see the the aftermath. Yes. And we, sh- we surely did. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, for this episode, as we just discussed, there were two different um, Ronald D. Moore podcasts. I listened to them both, so I'm chock full of information. Amazing. I have less than a page of notes, so <laughs> I'm just and here to comment on your Everyone is surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I'm literally, I have two documents in front of me right now that I'm scrolling through. Wow. Two different ones. That's impressive. And then my counts are on a sticky note. Amazing. All right. Well... Before we get into it, this was just Ronald D. Moore giving like a little like why this happened. He had been planning to direct an episode. He wanted to do one in season three and it just kind of never happened. Um, and then by chance in season four, this one ended up being the first episode after the writer's strike. So he had all this advantage of like having extra time to prep and um he was originally thinking like maybe I'll direct an episode that someone else writes. And uh, I think it was Michael Reimer who suggested like, don't, don't put another writer through that. Just write, (laughs) just write what you want on the screen. (laughs) Great. Yeah. I love Uh, the whole team. But because it was like a season four episode, he said it, it felt like directing in like a really family environment and everyone was like, so Wonderful and supportive and also didn't need a ton of like acting notes because at this point everyone knows their motivations for yeah. things. Um, so it seemed like it was a really nice intro into directing. And this was also the first time he had ever put his eyeball and looked through uh, the camera lens on set. Oh, wow. He'd never done that. That's amazing. I know. It was really fun. It was fun to hear him talk about the process. A uh, very different vibe than listening to him talk about the other episodes that he was less hands-on with (laughs) all right you want to get into this beat by beat let's do it all right so our previously on is really just a lot of cali interesting yes which it's i don't know it seemed like they were setting up some other stuff like you were like oh is this gonna be like Terrell finding out that Tori killed her because it seemed like that's what they oh, were I really say that. emphasizing. Thank you for remembering my predictions yeah. throughout the episode because we were a bit drunk when we watched this. <laughs> Guys, we're not alcoholics, we swear. It's just Kaylee's moving away and we've just got to make the most. And also, the beer is in the title of the podcast. Yeah, and listen, that happened before I even came on board. So exactly. it wasn't like I was the one who was like, we're going to drink beer every episode. I just... No, I, I got involved in this world. Melly is you know? choice and Melly doesn't even like beer. So like that was, I mean, <laughs> always just an interesting choice. That is pretty funny. I feel like you, you usually had a beer to, to make it work for her. Anywho, uh, we open with uh, Papa Adama having a little nap. Uh, we just it's just a lot of him doing things which Ronald they D. love Moore, that on this show Ronald D. Moore loves it did he talk about it in the podcast because he usually talks about it he's like he I didn't love really Adama. he's like I love Eddie doing stuff just like shaving brushing his teeth like he just loves it 
I'm yeah. not surprised that's how his. No, of opens. course, that's how his episode, <laughs> yeah, starts. He's, I guess, falling asleep, doing some work so that, like, a little light was on. He had his papers in his lap. We've all been there. We have. Some of us are signing up for a, a, a lot year of, that. of that coming yep. up. His hand is bandaged, and I was trying to remember how recently he fought with Ty, and if that's what that injury is from. He seems like he's in a lot of pain right now. Like, he's more than just exhausted. He's in, like, physical pain. Yeah, he's old. But yeah, he does his little morning ablutions and gets down to business. And so one of the fun notes that Ronald D. Moore had was like, oh, I wrote it into the script that, like, there's some litter on the floor of Galactica here and there. Uh, and Adam is going around and like picking up like papers and putting them in his pocket. Mm. Uh, and Edward James almost was like, you know, my my pants don't have pockets. So they sewed pockets into <laughs> his pants for this episode. And then Ronald D. Moore was like, now his hands are always in his pockets. That's all he <laughs> wants to do is put his hands in his pockets. But he's like a girl, like when you get a dress yeah. with pockets. Oh my God, so excited. It's so, and then that's the first thing you tell well, anyone. even just pants. Look at my dress, it has pockets. Yeah, yeah. And then even just pants to With have like functional pockets. pockets. Yes. Like, fuck the patriarchy. Seriously. But it, Adama knows now. <laughs> <laughs> he knows about life without pockets. And yeah. what a joy it is when you get them. Yeah. You don't know what you got till you don't have it. I was going to say till it's gone, but that doesn't really you make sense. You don't know what you got until you get it for the first time. I don't know. Touch for the very first time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue <laughs> to drink. Pockets. <laughs> we have this shot that's just like the sonogram. And I feel like it's there almost to be like, are we looking at space stuff? What are we looking at? Oh, we're looking it's at a little baby. Obviously it's very obviously a sonogram. a sonogram of a child. I have recently seen a lot because literally every, like I left Australia and literally everybody got pregnant. There are so many fucking bellies in my <laughs> life right now on my Facebook. It's crazy. Like, cause it, it was like two very close friends. And then my, like my male friend's wife, who is also lovely is also pregnant and then I just like realized three other people are also pregnant because they've just posted pictures of them like super fucking pregnant. What the frack? And then, yeah, I've been getting ultrasound photos from my close friends, obviously, because I, right. I welcome and, and enjoy that. But like, man, everyone's pregnant. Weird. Way to make me feel like the clock's ticking. <laughs> <laughs> I keep being like, I want to have kids. And everyone's like, nothing you do indicates that you're moving towards that at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh you're correct but hey my mom was 17 and got knocked up and that worked out fine sure so i'll be fine yeah who uh, needs preparation <laughs> it'll be fine you'll work it out <laughs> i think i've determined that i'm mostly friends with people who have no interest in having children because oh. my feed remains pretty sonogram free <sighs> you know what's untraditional a cylon cylon baby it's just he's too old to have a child <laughs> Like, but he is like biologically. I don't think like men kind of can, but like they can't. They really. definitely can. No, it's not really because science is sexist. There was a long time where everybody was like, women can't have children when they're older, and a lot of it was because they were dating much older men, and it's much harder to get pregnant by mm. an older sperm. And so, for example, I mean, I'm just throwing this out there. If in three years I was to find a strapping young man, 
to impregnate me, my chances of getting pregnant would be higher than, say, if I was dating a much older man. That makes sense. Yep. I think we can chalk this up to... Silence. These are also silence. I know, but still, it's a (laughs) weird thing to see him because how old is he meant to be? Like 60s or 50s? I don't know. I feel like Papa Adama could still have a kid. Oh, God. Papa Adama. Mm -hmm. And I think they're about the same age. Yeah, but that's just because Papa Adam is much hotter. It just seems very virile. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Your eyebrows then. He seems very virile. Anyway, I he just looks too old and he doesn't look right with Trisha Helfer and it's just weird. No, that is weird. There was, I think, on one of the first episodes of Battlestar Galactica, they had Michael Hogan on and it's spoiler fucking rific. But at some point, Trisha Helfer was like, Michael, you forgot that we were a thing on the show. Like, he just completely forgot that that ever happened. How do you forget that right? you were dating Trisha Helfer on television? <laughs> like, how do you just not go to bed every night? Like, oh, I mean, I haven't seen them kiss or anything, though. They've had, like, some... No, they kissed. Okay. Uh, the first time, how they, do you the first time they hooked up. Because they were, they were fighting and then they were smooching. Ah, mm-hmm. how do you forget that? I just don't know. I just he must like, be real old now. I just like, yeah, he's forgetting things. Cause like I would go to bed every night remembering just that. being like life is complete. Yeah. Everything's yep. great. I did good. Yeah. That podcast. Is also fun. his wife is super lovely as we figured out. Oh my God. The judge. Yes. Oof. Very. I just can't. I just very love Mrs. Hogan. I just love that in the L word, they are Dana's parents. It's it just and, like, it's just the best thing I ever discovered it makes me want to go back and watch it more because i I never get through my l word rewatches i never do well there's a point where i feel like we should all stop watching but (laughs) and definitely just don't watch the last season because it's terrible but really the last season is terrible they like decide to do like a murder mystery for the whole i heard about it like i am happy with who they kill but I just don't think. I'm pretty sure I know who they. And kill. then the, <laughs> and then the end of it is just like this weird thing where all of a sudden they're just like walking into the camera and like being sexy for no reason in like a it's completely inappropriate to the whole plot. Mm. Hopefully also, the reboot will be better. I mean, we as I think as long as there's the same amount of sex scenes, I'm good with anything. Yeah. Because the amount of sex scenes is appropriate. That's why you watch the L word. It is why you watch it. It's basically porn with a bit of a storyline. Some bad plot. Yeah. And then (laughs) every time my roommate walked in, I would be watching the L word. (laughs) Of course. And it would be sex scenes. And he I had to convince him it was not porn. But he was not convinced. He's like, seriously, Lisa, literally every time I come in. a sex scene well now you've got this great setup in your room you can watch your porn in here oh yeah i got a i got a, comp- a big computer screen i can watch my porn in here. <laughs> uh so i can now watch tv on something bigger than my 13 inch screen yay uh so maybe i can watch some you know i was gonna say i don't even know what i was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna make an inch joke about dick but that doesn't really work about the l word so it didn't work oh about how many inches the yeah. tv is yeah all right I think it's see where you're trying to go, but that was a tough, tough it, one to set it up. Was, it was, and especially because we were talking about lesbians, it just felt wrong, you yeah. know. Anyway, there's some dick in that word. Yeah, some strap on and some. Some there's a couple factory of men. installed, and I feel like there's actually a lot of dick in the first season when Tim's around. Yeah, and he is Weirdly. a bit of a dick. He but is a dick. I mean, you'd have to. He's be a dick to with a dick, Jenny. So, wolf. All right. I don't think this is an L word podcast. I thought it was a Veronica Mars podcast. Yes. Wait. Yes. I'm remembering something about that. 
<laughs> All right. So Ty is like, I can't fucking say anything. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. Can I point out that Ronald D. Moore made two jokes about people, <laughs> the things that people lost. So, and I think I said this along with the TV when Connor was like, use your eyes. And then he says, I. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what I said. Good, but, good line, Cuddle. But then there's also a line later with uh, Gator. And I was like, Ronald D. It's Moore. It's the same joke twice. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Ronald D. Moore. I just imagine him being like, this is comedy gold. Right? Starbucks says something about like kicks. Oh, I mean half kicks. It's the same joke. And I was like, Ronald D. Moore, why? But also I was amused both times. Also, I bet if you kick someone with a fake leg, it would hurt real bad. Oh, the leg yeah. is made of metal. Fuck yeah. Could do hurt. some damage. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Ty's like, he sees it finally. He's like, I need a drink. And Connell hands him a cigarette. Yeah. He's like, here's the next best thing. And again, like, <laughs> I was just like around a pregnant woman. And then Jamie Bamba's wife was like. Whose um, name I very much meant to look up and did not. I like her being Jamie Bamba's wife. It's um, fine with me. But also, I think her character's name is Ishe. Something. Yeah. She has a great accent. She, she does. Anyway, she's just like, that's not. And he's like, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like. Fair, to be fair, she's probably been through worse than just some secondhand cigarettes. I guess, like. but like, I don't know. That's like Cottle's whole thing, and he just and we love him. But it is like, congratulations on your pregnancy. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he's a doctor who just walks around the hospital smoking all the time. Yeah. Anyway, that was hilarious. That ultrasound baby looked a lot bigger than I think she looks. I genuinely couldn't. I was with Ty. I couldn't see it. Okay. Like it just looks like smooshy blobs. Oh, I've seen a lot of ultrasounds. Okay. <laughs> I both like am the eldest of six, and my siblings are quite young, so I went through the whole thing with them, and then recently, obviously, have, but also studied diagnostic radiography when I first went to university, and part of that is like, I mean, it's not. So you know what to look for. Yeah, not like that much, but I, I have a general understanding of sonography. Apparently, so I got sonographed. Sonographed. I was going to say sonographed, and then I realized that was not the word, and then I mixed it up. Anyway, I got sonographed on my legs because my family has a bit of a history of deep vein thrombosis. And so my doctor panics in Australia where we do preventative healthcare. What's that? (laughs) My doctor panics when I get a pain in my leg. So I got my legs sonographed and the technician told me I had textbook legs. Interesting. It's a great compliment. (laughs) (laughs) I think that when you, and I know this from when I actually. You look up legs in the dictionary. There's a picture of these gams. Um, I didn't get what she was getting at because uh, when I took x-rays for a brief period of time as like a rotation, there are a lot of different bodies to manage and like different ages and uh anyway i can i can see how it could be very good to have a young person yes anyway so i have textbook legs you're welcome it's just it's a really funny expression like (laughs) she said it several times i just decided i've never heard a body part described that way but i was in a medical place like it wasn't like i was like no it's just just walking down the street and some guy cat calls me you got textbook legs (laughs) like it was a it was a place place appropriate compliment yes but it was also you know i just chose to be really grateful and 
that my legs are textbook. I don't know. I'm I'm just genuinely maybe that could be like my I'm, drag. I'm name. pleased by it. textbook legs. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a pun enough. It's not a pun enough. I feel like it's at least, at the very least, a song title. Oh, yeah. Or an album title. That's a great idea. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Something I'm going to keep about. that. I like my new freckles up here where I got sunburned because I didn't put on sunscreen properly. Nice. Yeah. I have a few just like, yeah, I like them. We n- we're learning a lot about Lisa's legs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> is this not a Lisa's legs podcast? This is whatever podcast we want it to be. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. This is a great episode and we're very tired. Yes. We're doing our best. We just have a little dialogue about like, oh, silence. Like six is like, oh, believe me, silence have tried to reproduce before. Oh, my God. I I just picked out my notes because I haven't been looking at them. And that is literally what it says. It's like, believe me, it's been tried. (laughs) And then. Yes, we know what the silence we're doing the 40 years before. Yeah, they're just fucking all the time. They're like, nope, didn't work. Let's try again. Also, he's like, maybe. What did he say? He's like, we should get a biological profile of this savior. I just love how. Yes, it's such a good line. Oh, it's so good. Anyway. And then Gator's just in the corner being like. At least the silence are being seen too. why? Why do you have to turn like this when I love you so much? I'm very sad about this. You're not there in space giving him the love that he needs. I know. I'm sorry, And he has distanced himself from his lover who cared about him so much. Hoshi. Hoshi. He's pushed him away. What does he have now? Nothing. (sighs) It's just his rage. Yes. And his desire for revenge. Oh, Gaeta. What are we going to do with you? very sad. I did hear a little about how they did the leg effect. Right. Tell me um, more. Because I was wondering, like, I know sometimes they will, like, strap your leg all up so it's like... A strap on? Yeah. Yes. Exactly the phrase I was groping for. Great. Um, groping? Great. <laughs> Ronald E. Moore said... And I, I thought maybe this was what they did. He ju- He basically just had his leg sticking out at a right angle, like at the knee. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing just had like a big green sock on it so mm. they could green screen it out because there's a, a part where you get a nice view of Gata's ass and there's no like leg tied up back there. Like mm-hmm. it looks, it's really well done. Yeah. You see him from behind in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. You just think about Gata's ass. Yep. That's yep. where I went. Okay. No one's surprised. So we have this press conference Press are asking solid questions. You're like, hey, Colonel Ty, we know, is a Cylon now. Uh, he's still serving. Are you okay with that? And Adama's just like, not going to discuss that. I have no comment on that. I'm not going to give any information about that. They're like, hey, are you actually thinking about this permanent alliance with the Cylons thing? Because, like, the people have some problems with that. And they Adama won't say anything. They go to Zarek. And there's this big tense moment where everyone looks at each other. And Zarek's like, no comment. Uh, and then they they have this great bit with Apollo where they're like, and what about the identity of the fifth silent? And he's like, oh, we think she's dead. And they're and like, she? Like, I know, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Pronouns are hard. Also, then in this scene after... <laughs> Where Zarek has this great speech. And he, you know, he has this great thing that he says. He's like, I get so confused what your job is. Yeah, he's like, are you the president again? Or I'm very confused. And we're like, same. Yeah. Same. Same, Zarek. Yeah. They are, I think, you. way too hard on Zarek. 
I know oh that God. he has a very questionable past, but like, hey. fr- fracking everyone does at this point. You know me. I am Team Zarek. I oh, think absolutely. he's amazing. I still love him. And I'm, yeah, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like this hating on him. Although, I mean, he's maybe a bit of a dick in this episode. <laughs> he's always a bit of a dick. But I like him for it. <laughs> um, I just think that Adama, like, should respect that office a little bit more mm-hmm. than he does. But he makes him... I think he's always making good points. He's like, yeah, I noticed uh, Rosalind dropped out of sight once she wasn't like the savior of everyone. <laughs> the dying leader, also, et cetera, et cetera. a fair point. And Adama's basically just like, okay, well, I know who to blame. If anybody stirs up trouble, I'm just going to come take you away. And he's going to do that. Yep. This is all... Yep. Yep. Uh, 39,644 survivors in space. I think we're down a chunk after all the suicides. Oh, yeah. Lots of suicides. And questionably, all the people who died with Gaeta in the <laughs> web series. Yeah. It's weird now that they have these Cylons in the fleet, but I don't think they're part of the count yet. Well, no, they haven't formed a coalition yet, have they? No, talking about it's it. up for debate. Yeah. But also... Yeah, it's okay. just trickier. The who is counted in the numbers is trickier now, I feel like. For sure. Yeah. We have this great scene with where Chief starts off like with like, we, the Cylons. Like, yes, I said we. I'm a Cylon. Um, but then he goes on like in this scene to be like, your technology. I mean, our technology is better than theirs. Ours. I mean, it's, he just can't keep Do you it know straight. What? It's very funny. He's great now. Yeah, I'm loving, I I'm loving Tyrell. a lot now. Mm-hmm. He's got an interesting arc in this episode. That's sh- for sure. <laughs> and a very chubby, chubby baby. That baby. Is he, so chubby. He chunk. He, he chunk. I love that, though, because, like, it's a real-looking child. Babies, truthfully, are. It's not like a little often. Gerber baby model. Looks like a real kid. Yeah, but, like, I mean... Some of us were beautiful when we were babies, but then people like my brother, for example, very chunky. I think I was on the chunky side as a baby. Yeah, I wasn't that chunky. Mm. I was beautiful. I should have been in Battlestar Galactica. Um, sure. Just went downhill from there, really. You were a bit old at this point. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 2006? <laughs> yeah, I was... Uh, this is my infant child. Yes. <laughs> I was old enough to have a child. Right. I was like out of school and everything. Well, you missed your you missed your calling. I did as an infant actor. This scene is about wanting to upgrade all of the ships in the fleet with silent technology so they can jump better. And Apollo's there to be like, We need to convince the quorum, which is kind of fair. And the argument is basically like we might be able to convince them to use the technology, but n- nobody wants Cylons on board their ships. And they're like, well, we can't install it without their help. And rabble, rabble, rabble. Yeah. And then we see that Gaeta has been listening in on this meeting as well. He's which, sneaky. So this apparently is at the end of the webisodes when he confronts Ty. Ty is like, there's this meeting. You can go talk to Adama then. This uh, is that meeting. Okay. So the timeline is real wonky. But that's this is like the same day, essentially. And then Tyrrell puts forth that the Cylons want a, a seat at the quorum. They mm-hmm. want to be like the 13th tribe, mm-hmm. essentially. Which they are. Right. Or were. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I guess no one really knows. Still. I think uh, we st- we don't know. We have not been given any indication. But the the press know a lot about what's going on. Mm. Um, so it's possible that everybody knows about the Thirteenth Tribe. Okay. Yeah, I would I would think that that information has leaked. But yeah. Tyrell's like, I convinced them that like Adama is true to his word and Adama understands their perspective and everyone's kind of getting along except for fracking Gaeta, mm-hmm. who is not loving Ty correcting him in this and throughout the episode. But Adama ends this scene by basically being like, I have to ask the missus. Like, I got to go see what Rosalind says because she's still the president mm-hmm. and she's my lady love. So Tyrrell brings baby Nikki in to the doctor. That's already happened, I guess. But uh, we're getting the diagnosis now, which is that he has acute renal failure. And he Jamie Bamber's wife is, does some really good awkward acting in this scene. I just want to she call it does. Out. And um, Ronald E. Moore said he was very grateful to her because she was really good with the baby. Aww. He talked a lot about like what it's like to work with an infant on set. And it's basically just like any like from the minute the kid walks onto the or is carried onto the set you have the cameras rolling because if you just wait for action the kid might not do the thing you want within the scene Mm -hmm. so you're just filming them the entire time to like (laughs) so you have stuff to work with um but yeah he said that she was really good at um keeping him occupied yeah yeah uh this okay i have questions okay if they did a paternity test, how do they not know that Tyrrell was a Cylon? Because wasn't it that Ooh. their blood was like an O-type or something? Ooh. It didn't make any sense. I was like, you did. Wait, no, because Tyrrell didn't know that they did a paternity test. It was Callie's thing. So she would have got, they would have taken what, blood or something, some sample from the mm-hmm. baby. And then maybe when Hot Dog was there getting his venereal disease checked out. <laughs> I wonder if Tyrrell has a venereal disease now. <gasps> I mean. It does make that whole bit weirder. Like this yeah. episode makes that random bit a little bit weirder. And also just like I just don't know how they didn't realize he was a Cylon if they were testing his pater- the paternity. But I guess Coddle theoretically could have only tested hot dog and then it would have been a positive match and there would have been no need to test Cheryl. Uh, I don't know. Someone who's a scientist, tell me how paternity tests work. And then if you have an answer for this, let me know. Someone who's been on Jerry Springer, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Cheryl's like, Hey, I guess like I should donate some blood and Coddle's like, Oh yeah. uh, Tap of a niche. And she's like, Dude, we gotta tell him because <laughs> she, she says like, um, we "Oh, we have plenty. We have plenty of his type in the blood bank." And Terrell's like, "You got a, a lot of half Cylon blood just hanging around, do you?" Yeah, fair um, point. And Coddle's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Never mind." Da, da, da. <laughs> it's a very funny little scene, but she's right. He needs to know. <laughs> it's very per- like that. This child is another species. If what Tyrrell thinks is correct. Like that's, that's true. information that they need to know. That's true. He takes him aside and is like, listen, I was bound by confidentiality even after she died. And Tyrrell's like, you're talking about Kelly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Obviously. 
No, we're <laughs> talking about some other woman <laughs> who's dead. Uh, apparently, she had thought about getting an abortion and then she got the paternity test somehow. <laughs> Which means she knew once she found out that Daryl was a Cylon, she knew that Nikki wasn't. Mm. Which I feel like we discussed for a while, like how she would react to learning her baby is half Cylon, mm. which she knew always that it wasn't. Yes. Um, so what do we feel about this? I don't know. Betrayal of honesty. From, from whose perspective? I just guess that this was a period of time where we didn't see what was going on. Because her and Tyrol ended up together after he beat her up. Because classic love story. Was she fracking hot dog before they got together? Were her and hot dog fracking? And then her and Tyrol started fracking at the same time. And then she got pregnant. So they decided to get... Were they married? They were married. No? Callie and Tyrrell, I believe, did get married on New Caprica or possibly before. The timeline is questionable. Um, I think basically she was with both of them and then she found out she was pregnant, thought about getting an abortion, did not, stayed with Tyrrell, married Tyrrell, and then at some point after their relationship was like very well established, got the paternity test. Okay. So it wasn't like she got it. She got the test right away. I think she probably got the test after the kid was born. Well, I think he said that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Anyway, it all sounds very much like something they decided in the writer's room last week. Oh, Um. no. (laughs) Battlestar Galactica. What? They would never do that. Also, can we talk about the fact that I did predict who it was within the episode? Oh, you asked me who I think it is. Yes. I feel like you threw out just a couple names and hot dog was definitely one of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think the other ones were Cylons. What's really gross, I think, is that the original pitch for who the father was was for Gursky. Why do they insist I don't on know. these old men babies? It's really weird. It's really strange. Like Hot Dog, at least he's a hot young thing. Yeah, no, and I, I think Callie and Hot Dog would have been a really cute couple. He probably wouldn't have hit her. Probably not. Exactly. He's a nice boy. Yeah, and then Eddie's her grandfather. I don't know. I'm <laughs> Edward James almost is the grandfather. Adama is not. <laughs> I love that <laughs> Edward James almost is like my son. You know, he's the first person in the credits at the end of the episode as like the guest person. Yeah. I feel he was just like my son has to be in the show, which I think is nice, but also like nepotism. But he almost is great, though. He is great. I'm not against it. I just think it's nepotism. Like, I think if he was a bad actor for the role... It would upset me that that happened, but I think he's fucking fantastic. Does he so have a really Does he have a career as an actor outside of this show? I don't know. That's something we could look up later. Yeah. Let's also, it, it doesn't upset me that Jamie Bamber's wife is. No, it doesn't upset on. me. But she's great. She's great too. Yeah. I love Hot Dog. We know that. Yeah. He's in many of our episode titles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we discussed that the last time. So now it's um, Papa Hot Dog. Oh, Papa Hot Dog. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. He's like, I have no fucking idea what to do. And Tyrrell's just like, yeah, everybody. Anyway, we digress. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, there is at some point within all of this, a scene from the extended cut with Baltar and Head Six, who I think Head Six doesn't make it into the the cut that actually sad, aired. Sad, sad, sad. Yeah. Um, but Ronald D. Moore did say like, this scene feels not as satisfying as the rest of the episode, which is why he cut it. But there's a really nice shot where they show her like 
through red fabric that he was kind of like proud of. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it was fun because usually he talks about like storyline stuff. And this one, he talked a lot about like what it was like to physically be on set and make the choices that he made. So cute. Yeah, he's real proud. Also, I think we're going to get to this scene soon. But in the in Baltar's lair, when there's the crowd there and he's like, what are you children? Well, obviously you're a child. I think that is Ronald D. Moore's son. Oh, really? Yeah, his son and his daughter were both... I think they were both somewhere in this episode or That's in that adorable. scene. That's adorable. I also... That scene is hilarious. It is. He's just... He's always so great. And that <laughs> is amazing. Like that, like, what are you children? Well, obviously, you're both children. But I mean, everybody else, what are you children? Like, it's just great. Yeah, we're going to get there. He said his daughter visited the set... Ronald D. Moore, his daughter visited the set and was kind of like... Like every kid reacts when they visit the set like, Mm -hmm. oh, actually, this is boring and I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. But his son, he said, (laughs) loved it, came back like the next day, just wanted to stay there all day. And like there's this beautiful story about Edward James almost taking him into like the CAC and being like, okay, you want to know how to fly the ship? You have to press this button and this makes the thing jump and da 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 and was getting him all sugar high on donuts. And it just sounded so freaking precious. I want my childhood to be that. Right? I know. I want Papa Dummy to show me how to jump the ship. Oh, so good. Oh, man. Um, it just sounded like it was a really special moment. Like Ronald D. Moore was acknowledging how special of a moment that was Aww. for his kid. And it was really, really precious. All right. So where are we? Chief runs out of the room. And, and leaves, leaves his, his child there. I noted that too. But then I was like, to be fair, he is with doctors. But still still like the kid for better or for worse knows you as his only parent at I this don't point think that, so. i didn't see it yeah i don't think that they meant it like that i just think that he was like storming out but then it's like you wouldn't like he wouldn't leave his child there yeah i don't know but he did but he did and coddle's like i'm not going to tell you who the father is like i will tell the father and then y'all can deal with it but he's not going to hear it from you while you murder him yeah <laughs> Which also, like, it's not really... I, I always feel like people want to blame the person, the cheated with person. Yeah. And it's like... It's that person always gets so vilified. far from their fault. Like, Seriously. It's your partner who made that choice. That person, most of the time, has no idea what's going on. I or mean, if they do, it's not... But also, we don't even know if it's cheating. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know what the deal was. It sounds like they were... At best, in the early stages of their relationship, figuring shit out. Yeah. I mean, we were only on New Caprica for like nine months. Yeah. Then she was pregnant. I mean, she basically got pregnant when she got to New Caprica. I and think so, And the last so, time yeah. we saw them, they were, he beat her Because at the, I feel like at the groundbreaking on New mm. Caprica, she's pretty pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So maybe, actually, I don't think that's true. I think we don't see her belly until... We see after her belly. The, after the occupation, we see her belly when Chief is all like being the rebel leader yeah anyway it doesn't matter that much we cannot spend too much time breaking down the timeline of this show because it will not add up no it won't it very rarely will add up that's because they make a lot of decisions on the fly it's fine it's good it's good tv it's great tv good storytelling with a little sweep some details (laughs) under the rug here and there so we find out that the president is not taking Apollo's calls, which like, who the frack are you? <laughs> she's not taking anyone's calls. Of course, she's not taking your calls. Yeah. 
Um, agree. I agree with your decisions, Rosalind. But Apollo's... She's also not taking her pills. Yeah, Apollo's complaining to Adama, who calls her, and then so the phone is ringing, and she does not answer it while she's, like, having this moment of looking at all of her pills. And Ronald D. Moore was... I don't know, just I think everyone's kind of obsessed with Mary and the choices that she makes because mm-hmm. all it said in the script was like she sweeps the pills off the desk into the trash can. Yeah. But it was like she was the one who was like she had them all laid out and then she just swept the loose pills that she had laid out that she was supposed to take into the garbage like in this way that's like like a little kid doing something where you're like, am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> oh, I didn't get in trouble. Can I do it more? And then she does like one bottle and she's like... And she like, can you can't even look at it? And then she does all the bottles. And he was just like, like, just the little choices that she yeah. makes are so brilliant. But also, dude, it's the apocalypse. And maybe she should be recycling those drugs for someone else who might need them. I mean, you're probably right about that. Yeah. Like, don't waste. She is being a bit dramatic. Yes. Very but, dramatic. Um, I don't know. In the moment, I get it. Yeah. And... I think we did learn in one of the last episodes that her mom died of cancer. So I think she knows what this process looks like and how bad it can get and Mm -hmm. what losing the fight looks like. And I understand. I understand her wanting to just not go through all of that and have it maybe not work out anyway. Mm. He was like, Ronald Moore was like, Mary told me there was a specific stretch that she wanted to do that where she would need something to grab on on the wall. So we made sure she had that. That is a misleading scene because she's moaning and like <laughs> you just see behind and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then it's just stretching. No, just she also stretching. has very skinny legs, which like you just don't notice. But when she was in sweat, she looks so small. Well, I think that might have been a choice because I think she's she's supposed to look really tiny at this mm. point after having gone through some rounds of this treatment because like chemo makes you like yeah yeah, you end up being really skinny from chemo and i think they put her in really baggy sweats to yeah she looks tiny 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 yeah there's just something really precious about her in Mm -hmm. this every time she's she's like stretching and running and everything adama's checking in with her about her appointments and she's like oh yeah tomorrow sure definitely gonna (laughs) do that he wants her to address the fleet and she's just like, yeah, no, I get it, buddy. I, I really just need time. Just go away. Leave me alone. Fair. Yeah. Fair. There's a nice scene transition with like Adama kind of walks out of her room and is walking through the hallway. And then we end up inside the the little like, I don't know, break room, lunch mm-hmm. room, whatever it is, where Gita sits down at Starbucks table and gives her some hell, which like it's fair that he has some issues with her. Yes. He handles it like a dick. He does. She's like, oh, let me do it for you. (laughs) He starts by saying like, oh, hey, you tried to throw me out an airlock. And there were because of collaborating with the silence. But actually, there were a bunch of silence on that jury. She's like, oh, yeah, don't forget about the leg. I did that, too. I'm responsible (laughs) for everything. There's some interesting like whooshy camera back and forth between them. And then he also does a comment about the pity frack, which I was like. Which he, that was uh, an ad lib. Giuliani, really? Yes. And then they and decided like, to keep it. Me, pick me. <laughs> um, and he was surprised apparently that they were, they kept it in the episode. Like oh, he really? just did that to be like a little shit on set. And they I were like, it. well, we love it. We're going to keep it in. That's great. Right? I love that. I love that that was AJ, yeah, my friend, 
Uh, I do feel like there's really good background acting in this episode. And Ronald Moore was like, there are weird rules about like the director is not allowed to address background actors directly. Like you have to communicate to them through like the AD uh, because of rules. Okay. That's weird. It is super weird, but apparently he kept them very well informed about whatever was going on in this episode. And they were all like, Oh, like, thank you. No one ever actually tells us what's happening. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So like, I felt like everyone in, in this episode was doing a really good job of being invested in the scene. And <laughs> apparently maybe the trick is to just tell them <laughs> what's you happening. Thought. Right. But yeah, those weird union roles were very interesting to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. This is where we get that half kicks line. Like, all right, we get it. You're hilarious. Ronald D. Moore, comic genius. Indeed. Leave the jokes to Jane. Yeah. Y'all. Gata questions what Sam was doing on New Caprica. And like, maybe he was part of the, the attack on all the humans before. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think that that's true. He was just, he was just a professional athlete leading a resistance. Yeah, man. Like you do. Yeah. Gator's become really one track about this whole. He certainly has. It makes thing. me sad. Mm-hmm. He's like, there's going to be a reckoning in Starbucks. Like, is that a threat? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very dramatic. He has this moment of like, close the hatch. Let's talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's very dramatic. Pretty openly doing Res- something that might be mutiny. Mutiny? He hasn't learned from his last mutiny. Mm-mm. No, it's only made him more mutinous. Yes. Mm. Mm. We have a scene of Zarek addressing the quorum. Okay. So he does his whole speech. Yeah. I want you to read that speech like Buffy doing Death of a Salesman. Because when I heard him say it, it's all I could see in my mind. In prison, you start to confuse your hopes and dreams with reality. Start to believe that because you want something to happen, parole, a pardon, an appeal, a writ, you start to believe that it will happen. You live on wishes the way things are instead of the way they should be. And all because you can't face reality. The leaders of this fleet are succumbing to wishful thinking because they can't face reality. And the reality is the Rosalind Adama administration has led us nowhere. Earth was a mirage, a fantasy they dangled in front of us for four long years in order to maintain power, a fantasy they dreamed up, a way to hold on and control the government over the democratic wishes of the population so now what is our feckless and dispirited leadership doing to solidify their position after failing us so miserably turning to the cylons the cylons for help aren't the cylons the reason we're out here in the first place aren't they the enemy or are they suddenly our friends if that helps keep Rosalind adama in power point of order that is not the line that is apollo's line the end goodbye he does have quite oh. a speech. It includes the word feckless, which I feel like is one of my favorite words. Feckless is in another episode. I'm pretty it sure is. one of our episodes is it's, titled uh, feckless Something in vain. and Something in Feckless and Vain. Yeah. Narcissistic oh, and yeah, yeah. and Feckless and Vain. Also, one thing that we I missed because I just looked at my notes again, which I rarely do. Starbuck calls Gator a gimp, which like, yeah. To me, I just think of a gimp mask like a slave Ooh, and master thing yeah there's i think that's a slightly different definition of but the then i had mm, pictures there's gimp that. there's like the pulp fiction gimp and there's yeah. also gimp being like a shitty insult for someone with a disability ah mm-hmm. 
See, I didn't know the second one, so I thought of the Pulp Fiction gimp. Right. Uh, which was an interesting insult. I didn't <laughs> I know I could that. see you being confused if you hadn't heard the other. Yeah. So now my headcanon is that Gator is into S&M and is a sub. I'm down for that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue to talk about no, I'm the one Zarek's death of a salesman speech. Uh, yeah, I don't have much about the speech except that Apollo is like, "Hey, you're not here to make speeches." And I was like, "Hey, Apollo, kettle, pot, right? Like, come on." Dude. I mean, but Apollo to Apollo. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Apollo Senior to Apollo Junior. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um. Yeah, he's like, look, you have to put forth emotion. And he does. And he wins, which is that Cylons cannot board a ship in the fleet without the consent of the people on the ship. And it's I don't I don't know who I side with at this point, because mm. I think Adama has is making a lot of good points. And if half the fleet gets the upgraded technology, they won't be able to keep up with the half that don't. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated issue. Mm. It's one of these tricky situations that Battlestar is so good at delivering to us i'll also say ronald Moore really wanted to compliment richard hatch who plays eric on being like the most consummate professional on the set like he shows up to table reads with all of his lines memorized which apparently no one ever does Aww. um and just just was really i think honored to work with him r.i.p richard hatch seriously so sad what a guy yeah i just feel like every time Anybody except Lucy Lawless <laughs> talks about the people on this show. There's everyone just glows about each other. Yeah, it makes me really. I mean, happy. to be fair, she comes around, but I just she love does. Her. However, I, several people have said that Aaron Douglas was kind of a little shit, but apparently he was going through some bad personal stuff during the filming of some of the okay. series. I mean, I just love that she came and she's like, "Yeah, you guys were mean." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "I used it and it made my character better." Which is what I do because I'm Lucy Lawless and I'm amazing. But no, it was a really funny. I haven't listened to all of Battlestar Galacticast, but I saw that Lucy Lawless was a guest. And I was like, mm. oh, I got to I got to get in on this. I haven't listened to any of it except for that episode. Yeah, because usually they drop all the spoilers. Yeah. But you're so close to the end now that there are some spoilers for season four or mm. the end of season three or whatever that you're well past. Yeah. So yeah. you're almost there. Look, I will listen to it when I'm done with this. Yeah. When you're missing Battlestar in your life. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch the whole thing again. Binge, you think? Binge it. Yeah, I think so. Because like, You think it'll be satisfying a, to just plow through it instead yeah. of waiting week by week? Yeah, it's a different kind of experience, I feel. Maybe not right away, but I think at some point I'll do it. Yeah. I also want to listen to Backwards Star Galactica. Ooh, yeah, that would be fun. Because I think that that's a really good concept to watch a television series from the end. To the beginning. Especially a show like Battlestar where there are so many intense reveals. Yeah. Yeah. But also they like, I don't know. I think what's funny, I don't think they've seen it. I think one of them hasn't seen it before. And so is watching it for the first time from the finish. That sounds very hard. So they try to work out what's going on. That would be an interesting experiment. I wonder what show I've never seen. There aren't a lot that I haven't seen (laughs) that I could try that with. It ruins it. I don't know if I'd want to do yeah, it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, just I would. Think it's a cool concept. I would want to pick the right show to ruin. You know yeah. what I mean? Have you um have you heard that podcast, the worst podcast idea ever? Mm-mm. These two guys from New Zealand talk about a movie every week for a year. They watch the same movie, and they're you all different did ones. Tell me about that. One of them. One of them seasons was Sex in the City too, which is just such a bad 
bad movie. Like I saw it once and it was enough <laughs> forever. And I just think this this is when when people were talking to me about like something, something like podcasting, and I was like, the fact that that exists is wild. Like it's wild that someone created that and that they have millions of listeners. Millions. That is fascinating. The world is upside down. We just got to grab whatever weird little joy we can. We do. Mm-hmm. All right. You know what weird little joy I have? Uh, I think I know. Somebody running through the hallway. She's Who great. could it be? She's, She's wearing baggy sweats. All heads are turning. Oh, it's so good. And It I also, is Rosalind. She's perfect in this scene. Oh my That's my God. only note. Okay. So one of the funny facts about this episode apparently um there was a take where ronald Moore was watching from video village Mm -hmm. and it was like mary running towards the camera mary getting too close to the camera like crash 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 what (laughs) and apparently she like just ran straight into one of the camera operators but he wasn't he wasn't actually like right there witnessing it in person he was watching but the why feed. did she just not see it i think yeah i don't know if she just got too into <laughs> president Roslyn running through a hallway that she was like there shouldn't be any camera people here <laughs> i don't know but he was like oh no did we just kill one of our main characters on my episode <laughs> 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 apparently everyone was fine okay but it was funny she is fucking precious so one of the really interesting edits in the the aired version of this episode versus the director's cut is Adama gets this call. And in the one that aired on TV, the call is about like someone reporting Rosalind running through the hallways <laughs> and he gets up to go deal with that. But in the longer version, the call is something about Frigursky taking like 10 Raptors off the line or something. He has to go down and yell at him and then he encounters Rosalind on the way. Interesting. Uh, and that was their solution to cut time out of the episode was mm. to be like the call is just about Rosalind. But it's interesting that it still plays in a way that makes sense because mm-hmm. he's still annoyed and I guess he would be. Um, <laughs> but her little run is really Send cute. Send me to the break. I'll run there. She's so cute. God damn it. It also is a, I think it's a, I don't know if it's intentional, but it, it definitely feels like a callback to the first part of the miniseries when Starbuck is running through the hallways. Oh, yeah. I yeah. didn't think about that. That's like how the show opens. And now it's now it's Rosalind running. Mm-hmm. And Adama just like blocks her path. And he's like, oh, you look good. You're not supposed to look good. You're supposed to be sitting with Coddle with an IV in your arm. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And her delivery of like all of it. She goes. Send me to the brig. I could run there. <laughs> it's so good. It's so pre. She's like so cute. It's almost too much, but yeah. it's not. Like it's perfect. Oh my god. When she's like, I've played my part in this farce. Bl-. She goes blah blah, fracking blah blah. <laughs> I love it. It's such a nothing line, and I love it so much. She is perfect. That's all my notes say. Is perfect, perfect, perfect. There's a callback to our one of our favorite moments on New Caprica where she's like, remember what we talked about? We talked about living for today and like I've earned the right to live a little before I die. And so mm. have you. And she Let's kisses him and she shoves him out of the way. Love it. And he's kind of like accepting of it. Apparently, Ronald D. Morth, when he was writing it, thought Adama would be like meaner. And then Edward Noobs almost played it in Aww. a kind way that makes sense to me as a it choice. It does. So this is where Gaius is addressing his cult. <laughs> it's Are you? Ch- well, obviously you're a child. 
funny. He's getting real dark. He certainly as is. A cult. No more like the one true God loves no. you and forgives you. He's like, maybe it's us that God should be asking forgiveness from. He's very angry. He's real angry. Like, what sins have you committed? Our father fucking sucks. Yeah. Left us here in space because he sucks. Yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting thing where it's not it's not the same as losing faith in your religion as like, oh, I just don't believe God exists. It's like, no, I still believe God exists, but that he's an asshole. Yeah. Which like it's an interesting choice. I mean, sure. And then uh, while all of this is happening um, and the crowd is getting all riled up. There's a moment where Tyrell and Hot Dog make eye contact and Tyrell pieces it together in half of a second. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of a second and it's very intense re- response. Poor Hot Dog has just had this landed on him. <laughs> he is very scared and... Yeah, he, should, he should be because Chief beats him up. Yeah. He's not Chief anymore. Yeah, this was a thing where apparently they were like, we're going to get this in one take <laughs> where he throws him down on the table or else we're going to have to reset and it's going to take forever. <laughs> so they, they no got the, pressure guys, the fight down in one take. Great. Good yeah. luck guys. Everyone did great in this episode. Good party. Uh, and guys just like sits down and lets the madness happen. I think he's enjoying it a he little bit. He loves that shit. Mm-hmm. He just wants to be causing chaos wherever he goes. Always. So, yeah, this is in the extended version where he has this whole scene with Fugursky and it's boring. So 10 ships are refusing the order to allow Cylons and Cylon technology on board. And then another 12 ships won't even respond. What's going on? (laughs) Adama decides that, like, this is a military decision. So it doesn't matter what they decided in the quorum. Like, they just have to do this. The Tilium ship, they've mutinied before. They've They're mutinied, mutinied again. mutinying again. That the Hitekan. Tilium ship, where's the scamps. B-roll footage? Show us the B-roll. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised that doesn't make it into this episode. I just assumed we've it would be it there. a few times. Yep. So they've already killed one Cylon and two Marines. It's very sad. Adama launches some raptors, and there's really good drumming, courtesy of Bear McCreary. Always. And... They're communicating, they find out with Zarek on Colonial One, and they play it on the speaker, and he's like, protect yourself from oppression, however necessary. And they jump away with all that sweet, sweet Tilium. Yep, that Tilium's super important, as we have previously learned. Mm-hmm. Adama has a silly little line about, like, some days I really hate this job. Yeah. Which kind somebody of- told Ronald Moore was too cheesy to be in the episode, but then he kept it in there anyway. <laughs> Well, I guess that's the benefits of being a showrunner. But yes, it was a very cheesy line. Yes. Still, he was like, that scene needed like a little button to end it. And Uh, that was the button that they had. Okay. So they're like, Athena, go get Zarek and arrest him and bring him back to Galactica. And if he resists, do what you got to do. Which I guess he doesn't resist because then we see him in the Galactica brig later. We indeed do. Mm Mm-hmm. So after their fight, Tyrrell drags Hot Dog to the infirmary. And it's just like, little Papa Hot Dog is just babies having babies. Yep. He's just a baby. He is. 
Tyrell's like, okay, the first rule, never leave your kid alone in the hospital, except for when I just did that for a whole bunch of hours. I see that. Yes. And Hot Dog's like, how long do I sit here? And Tyrell's like, until I get back, which will be after I get sober. (laughs) (laughs) I hope Hot Dog doesn't have like a shift. Yeah. Or like need to pee. Right. I bet he'll pee if he needs to pee. Yeah, I'm sure that's... Maybe he won't. Maybe he's going to take those instructions very seriously. Yeah, it feels like he would be... He's (laughs) in the headspace right now to be very literal about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Adama comes in to Zarek's cell and slams a big folder down. He's like, these are all the records about the buying and selling of the vice president's office. And here's what I think, buddy. I think you would fracking love to be a martyr. I think you'd love it if I killed you and you looked like a martyr. But instead, what if I tell everyone in the fleet how corrupt you are? He knows how to get to him. He does. And Zarek's like, you think everybody's going to sit through a trial while you've like silence on board their ship? You're crazy. And he's like, I think without the Tilium ship, we're not going anywhere and people are going to be bored. Mm-hmm. And a trial would be entertaining, at least. Yeah, well, uh, that's all there for, really. <laughs> entertainment. If I'm to understand trials. I mean, I think if recent- we look at the history of a lot of at least like the Western world that holds up. Especially recent history. Mm-hmm. People like a lot of the commentary after the, the most recent Mueller thing was like, the ratings were lower and it wasn't entertaining. And it's, <laughs> it is not meant for that. That is not what this is for. Fucking hell. This is like the world existing and working and functioning in a way that's correct. It's not for your entertainment anyway. That was legitimate commentary. And I was like, wow, 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 America. Yeah. This. Anyway. It's all just so much. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So Zarek huffs and puffs and then he scribbles something. With a a pad and a pen that's in his jacket pocket, which it seems like, given the history of things that have been done with pens in cells like that on Galactica, you would probably want to confiscate that. For sure. Can be used for neck stabbing. His visitor who's coming later. <laughs> it's his signature move. Yeah. I guess they're, they're not that strict about what mm. you get to have in the cell. But he scribbles what seem to be coordinates for the Hitekan, throws them on the ground so Adama has to pick them up like the yeah, trash he's been picking up all that. of the episode. Mm. And then Adama like hands those coordinates to Ty and is like, hey, you, you do this. I'm going to go rest with the president. And all the candles eee! again. He hands over the file and Ty's like, laundry reports. So he didn't even have that shit on Zarek, man. Yeah. He's a pretty, pretty smart guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ronald D. Moore is very proud of this shot with Zarek at the sink and you can't see who's behind him. And then he gets up and you reveal Gaeta sitting there. Bless him. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. He's like, oh my God, did you see this shot that I made? Right? It's so good. I think he Look actually was like, this was somebody else's idea. Like probably the director of photography or somebody. Um, they just thought it was really cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And so they have this little conspiratorial conversation where Gate is like, oh, I have enough people. And the guard looks over like, yeah, I'm in on this shit too. Yeah. The guard looked familiar. And Gate is like, oh, I don't know. He might be a guard Someone. we've seen or somebody. But Gate is like, 
listen, we need somebody to lead this. Are you that guy? And Zarek's like, I'm one of the guys. I need a partner. Mm-hmm. Are you my partner? And Gate is like, yeah, I'm your partner. And I'm like, make out. Exactly. Like, <laughs> prove it. <laughs> I ship Gator and Zarek so hard. I don't know if I've shipped it on this podcast before. But I, I would. I think Gata and Zarek would make me even happier than Gata's, G- Gata's, Gata and Balter. Gata and Gaius, Ooh, Gata's. Gata's. Um, I just always want everyone Ooh, to make out. Yeah, like be more gay. More gay is in space. Yeah. Even though we just got them, they were on webisodes that no one's even allowed to watch legally. So, yes. It's not enough. It isn't enough. And I just miss Hoshi. I miss Hoshi too. He's in one of the scenes though. He's always like in the background. Yeah, he was rarely up. gets rarely gets enough attention. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So Adama's on the phone and we're slowly pulling out the camera and then there's like a delicate little hand that grabs the phone and hangs it up and there's a spooning in bed and it's she's so nice. got her scarf off so she's just bald and like don't care. Apparently there's a whole to do about how to do the phone because all the phones in Galactica are on the on the walls. Yeah. And they were like, Mary can't get up out of the bed because the back of her wig cap looks like a crazy cone head because <laughs> she has so much hair. Yeah. Uh, so they were like, whatever, she's the president. She can have whatever kind of phone she wants. So they exactly. put that phone in special so they Aww. could be on the phone in bed nice. and not reveal the back of her wacky head. <laughs> and Adam was like, blah, blah, blah. This happened. We found the Tillium ship do you care she's like no and he says me either and they both just have like the biggest smiles and it makes me so happy so happy (sighs) and that's the episode great we did it Oof, we made it i feel like you should know because you're always invested in this that they were drinking not scotch not bourbon but g and t's gin because that's mrs ron loves g and is she specifically loves aviation gin oh. and was like, you know, when you guys run up and give scotch to Ron at the conventions, why don't you throw me a little gin? Mrs. Ron, you're amazing. Icon. Also, yesterday, this was basically our dynamic. I was drinking whiskey and you were drinking gin. Oh, we were just a little. We were a little Mr. and Mrs. Ron. How precious were yeah. we? Yeah. So um, preciously drunk. <laughs> I don't know that other people who saw us would have called us precious, but in Obnoxious? our minds we were precious. Yes. That's maybe more certainly. Maybe more the word. A few more notes from the podcast. I feel like we were just talking about do, do are there people out there who own like props and stuff from the show and they were apparently at this point having an auction of oh. like props and costumes from the show. Okay. Which Ron had like mixed feelings about cuz he was like I mean, if I kept all this, it would just like sit and collect dust somewhere and like people are buying it who like will really treasure it and preserve it. And that makes me happy. That's nice. And there was a lot of discussion about like how the Internet would react to Nikki now being just a human kid. And now there's still just one half Cylon Mm. um, because the Internet apparently has a problem with the style the fast and loose style of writing on this show how dare you right just embrace it never ever make any negative comments about Battlestar Galactica (laughs) no but we love it so it's okay we do um 
And a final note about the poem that starts this episode, which is by Emily Dickinson. Uh, shout out. I love her. Yeah. Do you know I sang her song cycle? Yeah, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, actually. And then Shelly sang it at my birthday. That was from Emily Dickinson's yeah. song cycle. <laughs> Do you know the upbeat song that I chose? Yes. The to Alan celebrate Copeland, your birth. Emily Dickinson song. Um, but apparently the idea of Adama like waking up and reading a line of a poem was something that came from how Ronald Dean Moore used to just start his days on set he would have like an intern like print out a a random poem for him to read at the start of the day that's but also imagine being that intern being like what poem should i give yeah but that's also adorable uh and then edward james almost just on set picked picked that book and flipped to a random page and read there is a linger of the life which apparently was like very fitting for the episode so it was all just serendipity that's lovely how that happened yes that's all i got i got that i got counts we got some cylons very few cylons in this actually episode. there aren't that many we've got cabrica six we've got ty we've got terrell we no longer have baby nikki who i have been putting in the counts for my benefit yes thank um, you for that you're welcome that's it wow three cylons very, very in a little. season four episode yeah Frax, we have three from three each from Gaeta, Ty, and Tyrrell, two from Starbuck, one from Roslyn. Oh, we've also got one from Cottle and four from Adama. Oof. Adama has the most tracks in this in uh, the extended. Doesn't he just? <laughs> Great. Well, yeah. thank you everyone. It's been fun. For listening to us and our lackluster hungover state. <laughs> Fear helped, I guess. Did it? No. No, I think it made you quite sleepy. It, I am not... I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't been over here yawning at all. No. Oops. You would never. Never. Not on Beer Speeds Battlestar Galactica. Never, ever, ever. Okay, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Medium dry martini, lemon peel, shaken, not stirred. Vodka? Of course.